Hello and welcome to the Food of Value podcast. I am your host, Akimo Davis, and I'm happy to share with you my life experiences as a husband, father, professional, and entrepreneur living in the country. Join me on this journey as we have these experiences that have shaped me and that may influence you. Get your notepad and your snacks as we journey to the value. So hello and good day to another episode of Through the Valley Podcast. This is episode three, and I want to start by thanking all our listeners for tuning in, for downloading, for sharing, for sending your lovely comments and feedback. I am so grateful and appreciative of the support for the podcast so far. I expected that the podcast would have an impact, but I am truly overwhelmed and honored to receive some of the feedback that I'm getting. I thank you guys so much. I want to say that this week I have tried recording at a different time so that I don't have the disturbances of the birds of last week's episode. But this morning I'm battling crickets. <laughs> it's early in the morning where I am, 5 a.m., and the crickets are out in full force. So I am working diligently to soundproof my home office where I do these recordings and it remains a work in progress. So I ask you to continue to bear with me as I try to bring this podcast into a more serene environment. So before we start, I want to just do a quick recap of episode two, Through the Valley. Last week we dealt with the built-in experience of my wife, the death of our child, my wife's death, and my mother's health care. And the title of this week's episode is called Signs and Wonder. And in this week's episode, we trace back the days before my wife was taken to hospital what led to that hospitalization, going into the birth, all the activities that led up to that point, and try to decipher if there was a forewarning or that I didn't see, that I didn't recognize, and how we treat with signs and premonitions and how we treat with indications that might tell us the time of our loved ones. So without further ado, I want to jump into episode three, Signs and Wonder. So to go back, I have to come forward a, a bit first. And as we recall in episode two, after the passing of my son and then my wife and my mom's health scare, and after we had the burial for my wife, when things quiet down and everyone went back into their spaces, I had slipped into a very deep depression. Now it was by myself back in the apartment. My family had lived just further up the street from me, but it was indeed still a very lonely time at nights and 
large parts of the day. My mother would continue to check on me. My siblings would continue to check on me. Some friends and family would continue to check on me. But for the most part, it was a very lonely time after the funeral had settled. And so I found myself in a deep depression. And I recall for about two weeks, I was at home. I didn't have the requisite leave from my job. But I was not in the frame of mind to be working. I recall being in a deep depression. For two weeks, I didn't bathe. I wasn't eating properly. I definitely wasn't sleeping. And I could remember being in such a stupor, such a, a state of uncleanliness, and just laying there, losing my mind, and losing myself in this depression. And it was one day, whilst in this depression, I started to recall and try to really make sense of what had took place these weeks before. Where did all of this come out from? And it was in that depression state, I started to try to analyze what did I miss? What sign did I not detect? Did I not see? Did I not pick up? And I felt like I needed to really understand what had taken place in my life. And so it was that on one morning, I recall laying in the couch in the state of unkempt and trying to rationalize and make sense of what took place in my life. I recall looking up at the ceiling and suddenly seeing myself looking back at me from the ceiling. I was having an out-of-body experience, some sort of metaphysical experience. And when I saw myself looking down at me from the ceiling, became scared because I'd never experienced anything like that. And the astral me grabbed me by my collar to shake me. And I recall even now as I speak to you vividly, it's an experience that I had that one time in my life. I've never had an, an experience like that since. And that was 16 years ago. And it was an experience that to this day, I knew that was something. And at the time when I experienced that, I mean, that shaking of me from me, that brought me right back to my sanity. From two weeks of depression and losing my mind and my mind wandering and thinking all sort of thoughts trying to add up the pieces, that astral shaking that I had of me looking down at myself, me coloring me, shaking me, I, I don't know if it was just like an act of Providence that, that just shook me out of my stupor and I became so energized and I wanted to discover more. During this time, I began to clean myself up, clean my home, put myself back together and I began really thinking with a sense of clarity and it leads me to now recount what I thought was signs 
and the wonder of those signs that I didn't pick up on. So beginning to recount or recall these signs, I remember that on Easter Sunday, preparing the baby's room, because we were expecting that baby to be coming anytime soon, we came up early in the morning and trying to finish paint and trying to finish mount up the crib and mount up the dresser and, and trying to just get that work done. And Vonnell kept asking me to go to Blanchichelle's village on the north coast of Trinidad where her father's family resides and where she spent a lot of her childhood. And she kept telling me she wanted to go to Blanchichelle's. She won. And was trying to get me to come have some intimacy with her. And I was just so caught up in the work that that Sunday, I just sort of didn't pay any mind to her request. And I didn't take a break really to have a moment of intimacy with her and as well to take her to Blanchichelle's. And Sunday passed and then Monday came around and Monday morning Again, I went back to trying to get those tasks done. And then she came again. She needed to go to Blanchichelle's, take her to Blanchichelle's. And I seeded at around lunchtime. I decided, look, I time to put this work aside. We packed up our stuff and we and the journey to go up to the north coast of Trinidad to go to Blanchichelle's. When we got to Maracas Beach, which are like a few kilometers well, away from Blanchichelle's. I stopped off at Maracas Beach because time was passing and the drive is a long drive. She insisted she didn't want to be at Maracas Beach. She wanted to go to Blanchichelle's. So we got back into the car. We had met up at Maracas with her sister and her boyfriend. And we decided to go up together but we didn't reach we reached Lafayette village which is just before Blanchichelle's and on reaching Lafayette village about 2 30 that afternoon she said you know what I'm fine with us stopping here this is as far enough as as we could go today because we were concerned about the trek back home at 2 30 in the afternoon if we had gone to Blanchichelle's it would have been a night return and she didn't want to return home in darkness at night so we stayed at Lafayette Village. We visited a kind of secluded beach. And there we had a bath. And when we finished our bath and we were organizing to leave Lafayette Village, something really weird happened. Well, let me tell you what happened. When we were leaving Lafayette Village, when we came back out onto the main road, one else saw some but she knew from a child on the basketball court. And having seen that person, she said, stop, I want to see this person. And she came out of the vehicle, went to the basketball court to greet, and she exchanged a few words with him. And then she went to a neighbor's house. She exchanged a few words with that neighbor. And she began to walk from house to house that she knew people. And she met and greeted with everybody who she knew from her childhood. I was just driving slowly along the road, just stopping from house to house. Because you have to remember, she's nine months pregnant. Her belly is as high as it could rise. And she's there walking from house to house, 
checking on people who she knew as a little child, either interacting with or seeing and knowing elders in the community. She went to each person and she greeted them, she hugged them, she spoke with them. And then she came back to the car and expressed that she was good. We could go home now. We never reached the Blanche shares, but we stayed in Affilette and we, she had this house to house walk through. And then we came home. That night, we came home about 8 p.m. She said, when is the last time we read our Bible together? I said, we have not read our Bible in about a month or maybe more. We didn't read it together. And she said, you know what, let's read the Bible together. And she brought the Bible to me. It was a Bible that she had bought me as a gift. And we started to read the Bible. I opened the Bible on Job chapter 1. Just a random opening on Job chapter 1. And I look back now, even when I wrote my book, and this was highlighted in one of the early chapters, and as I titled this episode, Signs and Wonder, this incident, this occurrence of us just cutting the Bible open, on Job chapter 1, surely I wonder if anybody know the story of Job, this faithful servant of God who had his character tested, had his belief tested, and out of nowhere, his family started dying. His household, his sons started dying. Everybody who he thought was for him left him. People made a mockery of him. Because he wouldn't change his faith. He wouldn't condemn God. He kept his faith and he kept believing. And that's what we opened the Bible on. To read about all these instances of loss. Because when he lost his son, whilst a servant came to give that report, another servant showed up at the same time to report that another son had died. And while that servant was giving her report, another servant showed up. And this man lost his entire lineage without time to catch himself. I recount this now as I did in my book, going through that experience with Vonnell, going to her childhood village, meeting and greeting all these people, coming home, asking to read the Bible together with open on Job. The day before her hospitalization, only to be signs and wonder. So we open the Bible, we read the book of Job, and we converse on what we read and shared our thoughts, and then we prayed, and then we went to bed. And it was at about 10 p.m. I decided to go check the bathroom to see if she was in the bathroom. She wasn't in the bathroom. And I came out to the living room. There she was, sitting in the dark of the living room, crying. I was like, what's the matter? 
Uh, is everything okay? You in pain? What going on? You know, anything you want to share with me? And she was just sobbing. And then she turned and she said, I'm ready. Now, in my exuberance, I'm expecting a baby. I'm thinking she's ready to give birth. She's ready to deliver. So I didn't think anything else of it. I, she telling me she was ready. I scrambled up and got her bags that were packed for delivery. And I took her to the hospital that night around 11 p.m. And that was the last time she was in our home. After that is when she went into the hospital and that whole incident took place thereafter. So when she said she was ready, I assumed that she meant she was ready to give birth. I had never considered that she might have been ready about leaving the earth ready to die, ready to meet her maker, so to speak. I didn't consider it because I was not that maturity, that spiritual maturity or discernment. I didn't have the spiritual discernment to discern that everything that happened during that day, a matter of fact, from Sunday into Monday and, and into the night then, I did not have the discernment to realize that she might have been traveling, as they say, transitioning to the afterlife. And so that is what happened. That's what I experienced during that time. And the only sensible analogy I could draw is on the preparation of Jesus' body when he was about to be crucified. Now, I want to just say that during the course of my podcast, you would find I make a lot of Christian analogies and Christian references. And it's because primarily that is the feat to which I practice during this whole time. And that is the feat to which I still hold to. I have no intention of making this podcast a religious podcast. It is just an integral part of my story. And if these are the philosophies that informed my experience, I only think it's fair that I share it with you. As I was saying, having seen or having lived through the signs and wonderment of what we went through on this Easter Sunday and that Easter Monday, Vonnell insisting that she go to her childhood community, that she meet with and greet people who she would have known from a little girl, that she engage with the community like that and then coming back home, reading our Bible together, going to bed, waking up, finding her crying in the living room, she expressing that she was ready. She never said what she was ready for. She just expressed that she was ready. And I taking her to the hospital that night, never to return home. You know, it just reminded me of that 
story that encounter in the Bible where Jesus, days before his crucifixion, there was this woman who came and poured an expensive perfume on him to the amazement and disgust of his disciples around, chastise her on why she would waste such an expensive perfume. She could give it to them and they could convert it to benefit the poor and Jesus had to chastise them. And he told them, he said, leave this woman alone. This woman is preparing my body for what is to come. The disciples, they didn't have the spiritual discernment to recognize what was to take place. Similarly, I didn't have the discernment to recognize that Ronald was preparing her body, preparing herself to transition, going back to her community to make peace, to release whatever gratitude she wanted to release. And so we have to ask ourselves, if you have ever lost a loved one or having lost a loved one, have you ever seen or can you recall now any signs that they might have been transitioning, that something was leading up to their death, to their passing away? I want to bring that to your thoughts. I'm not referring to persons who might have had a loved one who was ill leading up to their death or they were suffering, bedridden, they were hospitalized. I'm not referring to that type of experience. God bless those persons who have had those type of losses. But I'm talking about those out of nowhere deaths, the deaths that you can't explain, the deaths that you continue to question your creator about. Those deaths that don't make sense that don't add up. Those deaths that just leave you in wonderment. Have you ever seen signs? Were you able to detect that something is coming? Something in the night and you will be able to prepare yourself better for the loss? That's the question I want to to ask and to leave with us and how we treat with these signs and these wonders. Sometimes we are so busy caught up with the excitement of the environment, caught up with the excitement of expectancy. In my case, I was expecting a baby. We knew it was a boy. We were planning to name him Josiah. We would speak to him in the belly, speak life to him, converse and called him by his name. He was to be Josiah Davis. And that was my expectancy. So the last thing I was studying was signs and wonders. I did not have the inclination to detect, to discern. So guys, I want to encourage you not to go back to any mind state that might trigger any truths, but just to reflect. Could I have seen this? Could I see anything? And just the amazing wonderment that these signs could have presented to you. Even now as I I put this episode together and as I record this, the thoughts come back to my mind are so vivid. 16 years is a hell of a time to hold these thoughts inside. And as they come out now, having written the book, putting it down on paper was such a healing process. But now actually, vocalizing it and speaking it because having wrote the book and read the book first times 
I never read the book out audibly. Really. The only time I think I read excerpts of it out loud is when I had the book launch. But now, actually expressing these thoughts audibly to you, I am now connecting with the real emotion of the expressions. So I want to thank you for taking in this episode with me, for us reflecting on signs and wonder. And I hope that today's episode would cause you to appreciate the wonderments of the people that you love, the things that fascinate you. I could have easily, and I was somewhat a bit agitated when Vonna was doing her walkabouts. I have to admit I was. I thought, why are we wasting all this time? We need to get back home as soon as possible, and I couldn't understand it. I didn't blow any horn or try to hustle or anything, but inside, behind that driver's seat, trailing from house to house, I, I did become a bit agitated. But looking back now, or even looking back at the time when I had the realization, coming out of that stupor, having that astral experience, and beginning to recount the sign and wonders, I could now say that I missed it. Totally missed it. And maybe it wasn't for me to see then, but I missed it. And I just want to encourage everyone of you to tune in to the people who you love, tune in to the ones who you share your most intimate times with, with your family, close friends. Tune in to them. Don't just be around them. Don't just be around them going through the emotions, but be around them, observing them, and enjoying them, and loving them, so that you're always in tune with them spiritually. You're always in tune with them intimately, so that you detect when something is coming. You always have that feeling. That's my encouragement for you. Just put yourself in a position to see, to discern the signs and wonder. God bless. Peace. I'm out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Through the Valley Podcast. I hope what was shared was insightful and impacting on you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. And if you have a story to share, or you know someone who does, send me an email to akino through the valley at gmail.com. See you in the next show. Bye-bye.